This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Pets Aloud, brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Joy's very own show about pets, Pets Aloud. I'm Kristen and I'll be keeping you company and joining me in the studio today is Emmanuel, Volunteer Coordinator at the Lost Dogs Home. Emmanuel, welcome back to Pets Aloud. Thanks a lot, Kristen. So from droughts to floods, fires to cyclones, Australia is a country of extreme weather events. For instance, the tropics in Australia's north can be affected by cyclones anywhere from November to April, whereas in the south of the country, um, bushfire season can be any time from October to April. So for those of us that live in these areas that are affected by extreme weather, it pays to have plans in place to make sure we know what to do if an extreme weather event happens near our home. Uh, For pet owners, we need to ensure our plans make allowances for our pets. Today on Pets Allowed, we're going to take a look at how these big weather events can impact our pets and what we can do to make sure our pets are looked after should an extreme weather event happen in our area. So we want to hear from you. When the weather is wild outside, what do you do to keep your pets calm? Also coming up on the show, what do pet owners need to plan for this bushfire season? We talk to the CFA to find out. Dr Caroline Butler from the Lost Dogs Home talks to us about what pet owners need to do if their pet is injured during an extreme weather event. And it isn't just our pets who are affected by extreme weather, but our native wildlife too. Wildlife Victoria talks to us about how we can make sure our wildlife are protected. All this plus Pet of the Week and Dog Dates coming up on this week's show. The Pets Allowed News Wrap. A look at the news of the week from the Lost Dogs Home. Now, our first news item of the week is big dogs with big hearts. So big dogs have a lot of love to give. However, due to their size, a lot of big dogs are sadly overlooked in favour of their smaller shelter mates. Now, we think the extra height and weight of a big dog just means that there's more space for loyalty and love. At the moment, we do have a lot of big, really lovable dogs looking to find their forever homes. So today, we want to highlight just some of these gentle giants who are currently up for adoption. Well, the first one we're going to showcase is Brisket. Um, His ID number is 998932. Brisket is a one-year-old Irish wolfhound cross and is an intelligent and loving dog who has a sensitive side to his character. He's a big softie at heart, and this gentle giant would love nothing more than to find his perfect human companion. As he's just a teenager, though, uh, Brisket is still learning the limits of his strength and can sometimes forget just how strong he is. As a result, he would be better suited to a home with older rather than younger children. Due to his young age, Brisket is still a little bit uncertain about what to do in social situations and will benefit from being with an owner who's dedicated to his ongoing socialisation and training. Preferring to pass away his days in human company, Brisket will thrive in a home where he can be the main dog in your life. His His new owners will be rewarded with a calm and dignified lifetime companion. Now, another one of our big dogs up for adoption is Didge. I do have a soft spot for him because he looks very much like my own dog. (laughs) Now, Didge is a gentle and calm dog uh, with a really dignified and and gentlemanly character. Um, He is very protective of those he is closest to and he will make just the perfect family companion. Now, like the other big dogs, Didge um, sometimes doesn't know his own size and as a result, he might bump into things without really knowing. Um, So while he is an ideal family pet, uh, he's best suited to a family with older kids. Uh, He can be shy in new situations and meeting new people, but some training and socialisation will help him come out of his shell. 
Um, now, Ditch is showing some signs of hip dysplasia, which is actually not uncommon in larger dogs, uh, but at this stage it's not causing him any issues. Uh, so Didge will need lots of physical and mental stimulation, like any dog really, um, just to keep him happy and healthy. And yeah, he will make such an excellent walking companion as well because he likes to get out and about. He does. Um, moving on to our next uh, news item for the week, and it's travelling with your pet. So we all know that going on holiday with your pet can be one of the more exper- the more memorable experiences for you and your family. Um, with summer holidays fast approaching, um, we want to give you guys some tips on what you can do to make your uh, your pet's holiday a more relaxing one. Firstly, planning. Um, the planning stage is very important. Is your pet going to enjoy a holiday with you to begin with? Uh, are you planning on going somewhere that is pet friendly? When you're planning your holiday, it's really important to keep what is best for your pet in the front of your mind. Um, some cats and dogs may actually just be happier staying at home with a pet sitter or in a boarding facility and not undergoing the stress of going on a holiday. So some tips to consider is to research pet friendly destinations and accommodation providers that are a good fit for your pet. Um, If you're holidaying for your pet for the first time, start small. So a short trip of one or two days will tell you a lot about how your pet travels. Uh, And so another topic to consider is booking. It pays to start researching and booking pet-friendly holidays quite early. By being prepared, you can avoid having plans fall through due to last-minute attempts to make arrangements. Some tips for booking. Um, Always take the time to search um, for the many pet-friendly accommodation providers throughout Australia. Um, Most probably via online directories would be easiest. Um, Ensure the accommodation provider is well aware that you're bringing your pet with you at the time of booking. Um, While some hotels, resorts and camping sites may advertise themselves as being pet-friendly, this may not be the case all year round. Um, Also something to consider is that some accommodation providers um, do have a restriction on certain breeds and sizes. Um, one other thing, when, you, uh, when you're making your booking, always make sure you ask lots of questions, um, including where the nearest park is, where the pets are permitted indoors, where the closest vet clinic is. They're all important points to consider. And something else to think about is travelling. So when travelling in the car with your pet, make sure they are safely contained throughout the journey. Your dog or cat should not be placed on the driver's lap or on the front passenger seat for safety reasons. Use a carrier for a cat and a crate or, or harness for your dog. Now, make sure that you schedule regular breaks during the drive. So these are very important for exercise, toileting, and just to keep your pet hydrated. Uh, And let's face it, a short break is probably good for you too. And the most important thing to remember when travelling is your pet is to never, ever leave them unattended in the car. Yeah, that's right. Really important to remember. Um, And finally, arriving. So there's nothing quite like the excitement when you arrive at your holiday destination. Um, However, before you can start making those great memories together, there are a few simple tricks uh, you can do to make sure that your pet settles in well. Um, Firstly, spend some time introducing your pet to their new environment, um, all the while reassuring them that they're safe by showing them some affection and possibly by giving them some treats as well. Um, Always check all fences and gates in the accommodation area. Make sure they're secure and your pet needs to be supervised at all times just in case um, there is a way for uh, for it to get out. Um, Finally, though, the most important thing you can do while on holiday with your pet is have fun. It's a great experience to holiday with an animal. Absolutely. Um, And now let's open the curtain on our pet of the week. This week's Pet of the Week. Emmanuel, would you like to tell us a bit about this week's Pet of the Week? Absolutely. So this week we are showcasing Maddie. Um, Maddie is a bull Arab cross. She's a year and a month old. Um, if you would like to look her up online, her animal ID, animal ID number is 995330. 
She is de She's been health-checked, vaccinated, wormed, and microchipped, as have all of our adoption dogs. Um, but a little bit about Maddie's personality. Maddie is a, a lovely young lass who's been under the care of um, our behaviour par- department since July. Um, she's been undergoing confidence building um, around people. During her time with us, um, we've been working on building Maddie's confidence and she's progressed from being very scared of people um, and of being handled by people to actively seeking out attention from new people. Um, Maddie would benefit from small positive reinforcement group classes to continue to build um, her confidence and her impulse control in new situations. Uh, Maddie is a very active young dog, so she will require daily exercise, positive reinforcement training and mental stimulation uh, through toys and food dispensing puzzles. Um, she's learnt to greet dogs politely and enjoys interacting with other dogs. Maddie may also uh, enjoy sharing a home with another dog because she gets along with them so well. Um, if you do feel that you can meet Maddie's particular needs, um, please give us a call at the shelter um, and make an appointment with a member of our behaviour department um, and you can have a look at her. So Maddie's a beautiful girl. She's ready to find her forever home. Now, if you miss the ID number or want further info on how to adopt, you can find Maddie on the Lost Dogs Home website, dogshome.com. Coming up, we'll be hearing from Karen Enbaum from the CFA on how to prepare your pets for bushfires. Get involved in Joy's Taste of Radio training course and be the voice of your community. Our rainbow community and allies are diverse, thoughtful and fun. Joy 94.9 wants all community subcultures represented on air. Represent your community by learning to make great radio. You'll graduate being able to present, operate the studio equipment, digitally edit audio, plan, prepare a radio show and much more. Applications are now open for the February Taste of Radio course on Tuesday evenings. Applications close January 5. Visit joy.org.au for more details. During today's show, we're talking about extreme weather and how to care for your pets. Now, Australians know all too well the heartache and loss experienced as a result of bushfires. So it's important for us to plan for the safety and survival of the whole family, including our pets, this bushfire season. Yes, that's right, Kristen. So earlier in the week, we spoke to Karen Enbaum from the CFA uh, to find out exactly what pet owners should be doing to protect their pets during the bushfire season. I'm joined now by Karen Enbaum, who is Team Leader of Program Development at the CFA. Karen, welcome to Pets Allowed. Thanks, Sam. Great to be here. Fire season is fast approaching, or in some areas it's actually already here. Can you tell us what we should be doing to prepare for the fire season? Well, I think there's lots of things that you can do to prepare, but I guess the main things that we like people to do are making decisions about what you're actually going to do during the season before those high-risk days really kick in. And we like to say there's kind of 10 really big important decisions you need to make with your family or your household um, ahead of the fire season. So, for example, things like which fire danger rating is your trigger to leave and will you leave early that morning or the night before? Where will you go? How will you get there? And what will you take with you? And then, of course, um, we also need people to start thinking about whether they're going to take with them their pets or livestock and who else they need to talk to about where they're going and also is there anyone else they need to talk to outside of the neighbourhood or that you need to check up on. And just things like also how do you stay informed about warnings and updates and and also what you'll do if there's a fire and you can't leave. Now, pet owners don't only have to think of their own safety during a fire. They also need to consider the safety of their pets or, as you mentioned before, in the case of a farmer, their livestock. What things should pet owners or animal owners prepare ahead of the fire season? Well, we ask, I mean, we're asking people to prepare their own kind of survival plan for themselves and their families. But you almost need a separate survival plan for your pets in addition to yours because they have quite different needs to us. So... We ask people to prepare a relocation kit, if you like, for your pets. 
So you might have your own emergency kit there kind of sitting at the front door with some essential items in it. But if you've got a pet, like a dog or a cat or another type of domestic pet, for example, you might need some other types of items. So we ask that you have a separate kit in place for your pet. And that might include things like food or water, a little bowl, another collar and a lead. Particularly for cats, you might need a special carrier, maybe some first aid items and some bedding and maybe a toy as well. And also to think about any medications the pet is taking and to to just have those ready to go just in case. Now, in extreme cases, owners and their pets may need to evacuate their home, um, as you mentioned with the, the certain triggers that you make in your own plan to evacuate your home and that type of thing. Mm. What do pet owners need to do if they do actually decide to evacuate with their pets? So, I mean, they need to think about things like, you know, keeping pets entertained for a longer period of time. So I think a lot of people find it quite easy to think about what they'll do if they just pop their pet in the car and where they'll go and maybe hanging out somewhere for an hour or two. But say in the in this scenario when you're leaving the night before or early in the morning of a, a risky day, um, you might find that you're away from home for quite some time. And then you need to obviously start thinking about, well, what am I going to do with my pet for a day or maybe two days or more. So then the planning becomes a bit more of a logistical complexity around, you know, where is the pet actually going to be accommodated and that kind of thing. Would you say then for pet owners when they're making their own uh, relocation plans for if a bushfire happens in their area, should they perhaps put in a few contingencies for shorter stays and longer stays depending on the severity of the issue? Absolutely. And, And whether or not there's a bushfire in the area, I would say that they need to have in place some plans for potentially accommodating their pet, but also keeping their pet cool and calm and entertained because, I mean, those sorts of things tend to come up and you might not expect them to when you're away from home for quite some time. So, for example... You know, ideally you would have a list of places where you could go, be it a family member's home or a friend's place um, or a pet shelter that might be away from any sort of threat. Um, and that can be a good way to have some contingencies in place for if you um, if you have to be away from your home for some time. And then, of course, if there is a bushfire in your area and you may not be able to get back to your home for some time, that's another consideration again. Now, where can pet owners go if they want more information on what they need to do to look after their pets and themselves during bushfires? There's lots of information on the CFA website, which is cfa.vic.gov.au, and we have quite a bit of information for pet owners and also for livestock and horse owners as well um, for those people with um, larger livestock. So you can go there and we actually have some links to some other um, helpful sites but there is also a couple of other sites that I'll refer you to now. We also have, um, there is a free pet identification register called the National Pet Register and you can get there through petregister.com Dot au and you can call them on 1300 734 738 and then the other really handy place to go is the Victorian Bushfire Information Line and you can actually get in touch with them on 1800 240 667. Karen thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today about pets and bushfire season we've really appreciated your time. Thanks Sam it's been a pleasure. That was Karen Embom from the CFA. If you'd like any more information about looking after your pet this bushfire season, you can visit the CFA website at cfa.vic.gov.au. Now, it's important to put together a plan to care for your pet in the event of a storm or bushfire, but what happens if they get hurt? Up next, we're going to get some info on what you can do to care for your pet if they're injured during extreme weather. 
Joy 94.9 is proud to be the voice of the LGBTI communities and we'd love to hear from you. It's time for our annual listener survey. So head to the Joy website and let us know what you love about the station and your presenters. Complete the survey and you'll go into the draw to win a night for two at Joy Supporter Crown Metropole, including breakfast and valet parking, worth over $500. Head to joy.org.au and have your say. Hurry, survey closes end of October. Joy 94.9, your voice, your radio station. Throughout today's show, we're talking about the effects extreme weather can have on our pets. Uh, Earlier in the week, our producer Sam caught up with Dr. Caroline Butler to get some more information about what pet owners can do to care for their pets during extreme weather events. I'm joined by Caroline Butler, Senior Shelter Veterinarian at the Lost Dogs Home. Caroline, welcome back to Pets Allowed. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Now, summer's notorious for extreme weather events. What are some things that pet owners need to be aware of during extreme weather events like bushfires and thunderstorms? I think it's very important to plan ahead. Um, If you're in a, for example, if you're in a bushfire prone area, you need to have your fire plan ready that includes your pets. So have it organised that um, your pets are able to get away with you so they're also safe. Also heat is is a big concern, so making allowances to make sure that your animals don't get overheated. And thunderstorms, uh, being aware if you have a dog or a cat that is scared of storms and if they are then putting into place some things to make sure that they are safe as well. And is there anything that pet owners can do I guess outside of those to prepare for extreme weather or is it just mainly having those plans in place if in the event that those things happen? Um, So I guess the things to prepare or, or to do with fire with extreme weather is Let's talk about heat stress. Animals with short noses are most prone to heat stress. So if you have like a pug or a box or something, you need to be especially aware of of the risk of heat stress to them. And with them, you need to be very careful with not exercising them during hot weather. So, um, and you know, on a really extreme day, not exercising any animal in the heat of the day. So get up and go for a walk really early in the morning or really late at night when it's cooled off. And to make sure they've got plenty of water available, some animals with the short noses that are really prone to heat stress uh, actually do better if they're in air conditioning. Yep. So uh, keeping them inside during the day in a cool area of the house with air conditioning on is great. And if anyone's not sure, they can make an appointment with their vet to kind of talk through some of the things that they'd need to be keeping in mind with their pet in, in, those, in those cases? Absolutely, yep. yes. What can you do to help your dog if they're scared of thunderstorms? Uh, so there's quite a few options to help with dogs that are scared of thunderstorms. The most important thing is to make sure that they are secure So, because a lot of dogs, when they're scared of storm, they will try to escape. And we get a lot of dogs into the shelter after storms because they've been afraid, they haven't felt secure, so they've tried to escape and run away. Mm-hmm. So number one is secure them, make sure they're inside in a secure area that's nice and calm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Try to keep yourself as calm as possible as well because they feed off your behaviour as well and how you're feeling. So if you're acting calm like there's nothing wrong, then that will help them. There's uh, these shirts you can get or jackets called thunder shirts um, that's just a light compression jacket that your dog wears. That can really help make them feel calmer during these things. And then the other thing, if you've got a dog that's frequently is scared of storms, then speaking to your vet about possibly medicating them. Um, there is anti-anxiety medication that you can give 
when there's a storm that just takes the edge off, makes them calmer and, and better to uh, deal with the storm. And then that can help with the next storm. They'll be less scared of it the next time. Yeah. Is that something, with the anti-anxiety medication, is that something pet owners should perhaps consider sooner rather than later if they see ongoing signs of stress with their dog during storms? Definitely, yes. It's the sort of thing that if you get onto the medication, if they're showing extreme signs, you get onto the medication and it can help to desensitise them to the storm because if they have half a dozen storms where they've, you know, they've got this medication on board where they're not feeling anxious then they can learn that storms are okay and I don't feel anxious and, I, and you, know, you might get to a point where you can then start to wean them off the medication. Okay. And it's not something you have them on all the time, it's just when there's an event you give them medication then. That was Dr Caroline Butler talking about what pet owners can do to make sure their pets remain calm during summer storms. Coming up, we continue our chat with Dr Caroline Butler about caring for animals during extreme weather. If our pet is injured in something like a a bushfire, what what should pet owners do? So the immediate first aid would be to keep to make sure the animal is confined, so catch them, uh, make sure they're secure and confined in a a dark area to keep them calm. Mm -hmm. Getting them to the vet straight away is obviously got to be higher on your priority list, even if there's no obvious damage, obvious, um, you know, with smoke inhalation you may not see the signs of that until later on so mm-hmm. you need to make sure that they're taken to a vet and get get checked out as soon as possible okay summer's also a time when we see an increase in dangerous animals like snakes and spiders if our dog or cat is bitten by a snake or a spider what should pet owners do once again get them to the vet straight away that time is really critical especially for snake bites um, if you, you know, don't get them to the vet really quickly then it uh, reduces their chance of survival um, with snakes so that uh, that is really the most crucial thing is just to get them straight to your vet uh, don't try to cut the venom out or, or uh, you know don't try to put on tourniquets or anything like that that don't work for the type of snakes that we've got in Australia so it's really just get them keep them calm don't let them exercise and get them to the vet straight away should they have a look and check perhaps what possible spider or snake it is before taking them to the vet or is it just like straight if they can if possible yes so if certainly if the animal if your dog or cat has killed the snake in the attack then definitely take the dead snake with you to the vet. They'll be able to identify it and know exactly what type of snake it is and therefore what antivenom you need to use. Um, Same with the spider. If you see the spider that has bitten the animal, take it in so it can be identified. So it takes a lot of the guesswork out of treatment. Now, during the summer, a lot of us are still working, may not necessarily be at home, um, if in the case that our dog or our cat does get bitten by a snake. So what are some of the signs that pet owners um, can look out for that would indicate a snake bite? So signs of snake bite can be um, shaking, drooling, uh, even fitting, uh, vomiting. Sometimes they'll collapse. Uh, they can have blood in their urine is another sign. So yeah, any of these quite you know, sort of neurological signs can indicate they've been bitten by a snake. Is there a certain time period where these would become more profound than others? Um, is it something that would happen straight afterwards or a few hours after? It depends on the severity of the bite and the type of snake so it can happen within minutes of a snake bite and other signs can appear a couple of hours later so yeah it's one of those signs that you don't want to muck around if you see signs like that. And what are some of the more common cases that you've seen in your career um, as a vet 
during or after an extreme weather event? Heat stroke really has to be number one. Um, that's the most common thing that we'll get uh, in in practice, uh, and and you know, dehydration that can go with that. Um, uh, so animals getting stressed uh, from the heat, exercising too much, not having access to water, uh, not having enough fresh air ventilation. Uh, so that would be number one. Uh, snakes is certainly up there too because the hotter the weather the more active the snakes are the more likely they are to, uh, to move around and um, be in your backyard or be on, active on the paths where you're going for a walk. As we're sort of getting closer to more extreme weather and, and, and that summer season where these things become more profound where are some of the other places where pet owners could go to find more information? One useful tool is there's a, a app that you can get on your phone it's called First Aid for Pets and then in brackets Australia. Um, that's, that's a great tool. Um, uh, we've looked at the vet clinic here and um, it's got lots of first aid info on there, uh, not just for extreme weather things but all sorts of things. So um, that is something that would be great to get on your phone and it's free as well. So get that on your phone before something happens so mm. then when you're in... Uh, you're a bit panicked and you don't know what to do you can refer to your phone and it'll tell you what to do <laughs> it's wonderful isn't it all these apps you can get that's now. right that's yeah. great. dr caroline butler thank you so much for joining us today on pets allowed thank you very much and that was dr caroline butler from the lost dogs home talking about what applications you can download on your phone to help you look after your pet um, if you're interested in downloading a copy of the first aid for pets australia app uh, it's available on iphone and android through itunes and google play um, our website, dogshome.com, also has information for pet owners to make sure their pet is looked after during hot weather and is calm during thunderstorms. Now, it isn't just our pets that feel the impact of extreme weather. Our native wildlife can too. Up next, we're going to chat to Wildlife Victoria to find out more info about what we can do to protect our native wildlife from the effects of extreme weather. Your pet's community calendar. This is Dog Dates. Now, Emmanuel, would you like to tell us what exciting uh, activities and events are happening in animal welfare this week? Absolutely. So this week there's just uh, one dog date we've got to talk about. Um, this Sunday, the 25th of October, um, the Nilumbik Pet Expo is coming up. So each year this expo attracts pet owners and animal lovers from near and far. It's always a great event and a lot of fun. So if you live in that area, it'd be great to see people, some more people down there. Um, some of the attractions that the, that on the showcase will include uh, dog obedience displays, pet competitions, um, an animal nursery, snake handling. So there's really something for everyone there. Um, visitors will also have the opportunity to ask questions to council rangers and local vets on the day. Um, and, of course, the Lost Dogs Home will have uh, a stall there. So please come come on down and say hello. It'd be great to see you. Um, we're also bringing along two adoption dogs um, to sort of get them out there in the community and get them seen by everybody, probably two of our more long-term dogs, I would say. Um, and I will be there. So that's another incentive Fantastic. for you. And the dogs <laughs> do um, enjoy having a bit of an excursion, don't they? Meeting lots of new people. Definitely. Yeah, yep. it's definitely uh, beneficial for the for the dogs to get out of the shelter environment it can be very stressful as you know um so yeah the Nulumbik pet expo is it's this sunday the 25th of october um it's running from 10 a.m to 4 p.m and it's at mangrove o no mangrook oval diamond creek um for further information um visit the Nulumbik council website and that is Nulumbik n-i-l-l-u-m-b-i-k dot vic dot gov dot a-u 
Now, I think we're about to come to an end uh, of today's show, Manuel. That has gone very quickly. Yes, yes, it did indeed. Um, <laughs> so before we go, uh, we'll just give you a reminder of this week's Pet of the Week, who is the gorgeous Maddie. Now, Maddie is a 12-month-old bull Arab cross who is up for adoption at the Lost Dogs Home North Melbourne shelter. Now, she is a lovely young girl who has been under the care of our behaviour team to help build her confidence around people. Uh, and so she has been a little bit unsure of, of people and handling um, in the past, but she has come a long way under the care of the behaviour team. Now, she is an active dog who will require regular exercise. So if you're looking for a dog who, you know, you'd like to take on walks or maybe go for a bit of a run every now and then. Yeah, perfect have a, active companion dog. Absolutely. Have, yeah. a, have a play together in the backyard. Maddie could very well be the one for you. Uh, and now she does like to have toys and enrichment as well to keep her busy just so she doesn't get bored like all dogs um so if you are looking to adopt or um or you want to learn more about maddie you can visit dogshome.com uh, she is up for adoption at the north melbourne shelter at 2 gracie street north melbourne you can give us a call on 9329 2755 now maddie is um only one actually of many big dogs uh waiting Absolutely. for their new homes as we spoke about uh, earlier in the show now there are so many reasons why big dogs just make the perfect pet aren't there emmanuel definitely so they'd I mean, I've always been a big dog fan myself. I've always owned big dogs. And um, really, I think people have um, misconceptions about owning big dogs. You don't necessarily need an enormous space to own a large dog. Um, you do need to make sure it's well-trained, but yeah. they can be such fantastic companions. Absolutely. I have um, two big dogs myself. So I have a Ridgeback Cross and a Mastiff Cross. And I find that big dogs just means that there's more for me to cuddle. Yep, more and, than one. <laughs> and they also make the best spooners. When you go to bed and yes. it's cold, they cuddle up to you. Yes, and, definitely. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, so we do have lots of big dogs up for adoption. Um, if if you are looking to adopt, please do con consider them. Come down to the shelter and have a meet and greet, and we are sure that you will fall in love. I'm sure, yes. So many big dogs to choose from. Um, another thing as well, if maybe if you're not... Um, you're not ready to adopt maybe you consider becoming a foster carer as well absolutely we are always looking for foster carers at the lost dogs home um, particularly around this time of year um, it is coming up to kitten season and puppy season um, so we will yeah we are looking for more foster carers if you are interested all of the information is on our website or you can contact us um, uh, to inquire but we're definitely looking for people to foster animals both dogs and cats to give them some time out of the shelter um, give them a bit of respite um, from that shelter environment um, and you know give them give them a give them a chance to have some time in a home environment outside of um, the lost dogs home shelter absolutely so if you are wanting any more info on that you can visit dogshome.com Com, um, and you can also find some info there and some helpful links to uh, other sites uh, in relation to the topics we've been talking about on today's show. So preparing your pets for disasters such as thunderstorms and bushfires. Uh, it is unfortunately the season for it uh, is coming up and it's really important that everyone considers these things. I mean, some people might think, you know, it will never happen to me, yeah. but it is so important to plan and prepare uh, not only for your family, but for your pets too. It's, it's very important that they're considered in all of your emergency planning because at the end of the day, they part are part of the family. Of, the family. of course. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. It's been a pleasure. Now, don't forget to walk your dog. And pat your cats. Thanks very much for listening. This is Pets Aloud on Joy 94.9. 
Pets Aloud, brought to you by the Lost Dogs Home on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.